We're going to study tonight a series of chuvas on a key question in what today we would call medical ethics. I was telling Simcha earlier tonight, Halacha doesn't really have a distinct body of ethics called medical ethics. Halacha just has Halacha and ethics, part of Halacha. But today we would call this uh, medical ethics. It's a question that's uh, literally a matter of life and death, and it is a fundamental question in medical ethics, and that is, we have a patient who is in grave danger, he's mortally ill, in, in the simplest case, we are fairly certain that he's going to die in a matter of days or weeks without some type of intervention, some type of treatment. We have a treatment. The treatment may work, it may save his life, it also may kill him. He may die on the operating table. This was relevant hundreds of years ago when Postkim first began to discuss this question. It remains relevant today, especially when a patient is, at, is, 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 is in so, so much danger, his body is often not as strong and as stable as, uh, as it otherwise might be. And a, a, a major operation, which is a major operation to begin with, may, may kill him. Sometimes doctors don't want to do it. They say he's not strong enough to survive the operation. Sometimes they will. They do recommend it. Sometimes you leave it up to the patient. I'm by no means an expert on this, but that's the general impression I have. So this is, of course, a fundamental question from the Torah's perspective. About, well, what do we do? Do we say do nothing first, do no harm, and let him let him die, but at least don't kill him. Let let him have the time he has left. Or do we say we have a chance of saving his life? It's worth it, even if he'll lose. Even if it's a chance he'll lose a few days or a few weeks of his life. If it doesn't turn out well, but the chance of saving his life outweighs that. Again, there are other issues which we're not going to get into tonight, such as if the, if the patient is suffering, is there a requirement to, uh, to preserve his life, even if he's uh, severely in severe pain? We're not going to get into that question. We're not going to get into questions of, into question of patient autonomy and the right of a patient to refuse treatment. We're just discussing the, the basic fundamental question, what is the Torah's perspective? It, should we accept what we have and say, let him live the, the remainder of his life in peace without harming him? Or do we say, no, we'll, we'll roll the dice. It's worth, it's worth saving him. It's worth the chance of saving him is worth it, even if that means we may kill him earlier. Now, obviously, when one considers questions like these, certainly intuitively, we have to consider things like, well, what are the chances? Is it 50-50? Are we, is, is the operation more likely to be successful? Is it more likely to be unsuccessful? We have to consider how much time does he have left if we, don't, if, we don't, if, if we do nothing. Does he have days? Does he have weeks? Does he have months? Does it matter? So we're not going to get that deeply into all these questions. And of course, people always ask, and it's certainly a valid question, why don't we quantify the risks and the details more? That's a good question, certainly. But for tonight, at least, we're just going to see some of the some of the basic prominent discussions of this question, and that'll at least give us the framework for the, for the question, and then you know, perhaps another time we can consider questions, uh, f- fine-tune the principles with probabilities and, and numbers and so on. So this question was first discussed, everyone brings that the first discussion of this, of this question was by the Shvus Yaakov, or Yaakov Reischer. Rabbi Yaakov Reischer was a German posek about 350 years ago, born in 1661, died in 1732. Rabbi Yaakov Reischer was a, was a posek's posek. He, was, he wrote a number of, of, of svarim, which are all halachic classics. He wrote the 
Minchas Yaakov on the Ramah's Taras Chatas, Taras Chatas on Yerodea. He wrote the Taras Ashlamim on Hilchas Nida. He wrote the Chak Yaakov on Hilchas Pesach. He wrote the Shvus Yaakov on his Chuvas. And he, when I say he's a Posik, Posik, I mean he was Mr. Halacha. The Shvus Yaakov is the, the Rabbi Yaakov Reicher is one of the is, is one of the iconic Svarim on Halacha. You learn Yerodea, you learn as I'm learning Hilchas Dreyfus. You constantly see references to the Milchas Yaakov, you learn, you learn Nida, you constantly see reference, you constantly, you learn his Taras Shlamim. And he, unlike other poskim who are famous for their, for their leadership, for their rabbinic leadership, for their hashkafa, for their theology, for their muster, Rabbi Yaakov Reisher is famous for one thing and one thing only. He may have been a great, uh, a great hashkafic, uh, a, a great Baal hashkafa, he may have been a great thinker and a great philosopher in other areas. That's not what he's famous for. All his works... All his works are classics in halacha, and the halacha is particularly down-to-earth halacha. Most of his halacha deals with things like machalas asuros, hilchas trefus, taruvas, kashrus, nida. He was about as quintessentially an isha halacha as you could possibly imagine. Nevertheless, but, but as it turns out, he was the first one that everyone brings to discuss this question in his chuvas of what shall we do for a patient who, if we do nothing, he'll die eventually, he'll die relatively soon. If we intervene, it's a gamble. He may die immediately, he may live. He was the first one to discuss this. All the later discussion refers back to his tshuva. And his ruling, which is what we'll begin with tonight, his ruling is generally accepted. The, the, the position he took is generally accepted by later authorities, whether on the basis of his authority, or because his arguments are persuasive, or because his position is intu- intuitively correct. For, for some combination of these factors, his position has become the, the dominant uh, the dominant paradigm in Jewish medical ethics. So with that introduction, let's see his tshuva. It's a relatively short tshuva, even though he begins by saying that it's uh, such a serious and weighty matter, there's dine nefashos, it's literally a matter of life and death in both directions, and we have to be very, very careful and think this through very carefully. Despite all that, it is quite a short tshuva. His, his tshuvas are not among the longest to begin with. This tshuva is about a third of a page I reproduced some of it in the handout, not all of it. It is not a very long tshuva at all. She'ela, me'rofei mumcha. Question posed to the Shavuz Yaakov from an expert physician. A patient is mortally ill. He's in danger of his life. In the Shavuz Yaakov's case, his death, the, the, the prognosis, the unanimous prognosis of all the doctors was he has only a day or two left to live. But they also diagnose, they also, their professional opinion is, there's one last chance, there's one last treatment they can try. doesn't say what it is, but he says, It is possible that will cure him. If he takes this treatment, this refuah, if it does not succeed, it'll kill him almost immediately, within an hour or two. So, do nothing, he lives a day or two. With the, do the procedure and it's successful, he can live indefinitely. Do the procedure and it fails, he dies in an hour or two. Is it permitted to do this? Oh, Even the, the day or two he has left is valuable. It's called in halacha chayesha, temporary life. All life is temporary. All life is yimeshna sam bahem shivim shana. All life is transient, but halacha distinguishes between Chaya Olam and Chaya Shah, exactly where the border, where, where that boundary is, is not entirely clear, half a year, a year, 
but certainly a day or two is called Chayesha. And maybe Shev al if, if if it's a tough decision, we're not sure what to do. So one of the heuristics we use is Shev al don't do anything. First, do no harm. That's the Shaila, succinctly presented. What should we do? Again, probabilities are not given, but the, the time frames are given, probabilities are not given. And this was the question posed to the Shvaz Yaakov by a Rofe Mumcha. Tshuva. Since this is literally a matter of life and death, we have to be very careful, very patient, and uh, not jumping to conclusions. We have to bring precedent from Shas and from earlier poskim. We have to investigate and analyze this as thoroughly as we possibly can. On the one hand, because Kikolam Abed. Nefesh Achas Mi Yisrael, the Mishnah Sanhedrin says, anyone who destroys a single life, a single Jewish life, the Mishnah says, though he destroyed the whole world, each Jewish life is unimaginably precious. So on the one hand, if we kill the person, then we've done an unspeakable thing. On the other hand, the reverse is true as well. If we preserve his life, it's as if we preserve the whole world. So the stakes are unimaginably high on both sides. We have to be very, very careful in analyzing this question. Initial position is the Sheval Tasa Adif. That, again, like the Shoal said, if we're not sure what to do, we should follow Sheval Tasa. Why? Chayesha is valuable in Halacha as well. Chayesha is not nothing. The Halacha is, Chazal say, that someone is a Goseis, that's someone who is Terminally ill, not just terminally ill, but his death is believed to be imminent. We have to be so careful, he's so fragile at that point, we don't touch him, we don't disturb him, we don't do anything to him because we're afraid of hastening his death. So even though he's anyway, he's, he doesn't have much, to, much, much longer to live anyway, we can't do anything that would possibly take away the last uh, vestige of life that he has. And it's, he, he brings that from a, from a statement of Chazal and Evel Rabasi, and he says that, uh, and the Rambam says that if you if you do uh, interfere with a Goseis and you and, and you possibly cause him to die sooner, or he's a shavik dumb, you're a murderer. Despite the fact that he wasn't long for this world anyway, you're a murderer if you do that. He says all poskim agree with this doctrine. We have to be extraordinarily careful not to do anything that could hasten the death, even of a Goseis, even someone whose death is is imminent, is completely imminent, in, in Shulchan Aruch. And furthermore, another, another, another area in which we see that Chayesha is precious, is valuable in Halacha, it is permitted to Mechal Shabbos to save the life, even if you're only going to preserve a small amount of life. You're not going to save the fellow's life permanently. You'll just save, he, he, he only has a limited amount of life left. Even if you save him, he'll only live a little bit. Nevertheless, it is permitted to save his life on, you know, to be Mechal Shabbos to save his life. This is based on a Gemara in Yoma. The Gemara says that the Gemara in Yoma says that we're we we dig we we move stones away to get to a person who's buried under a collapsed building under a pile of stones, and you do that as long as he might still be alive. If he's still alive, if he might still be alive, we do it. So the Gemara says pita. I mean, obviously, what, what's what's the chiddush? Of course, you do it. We 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 know that if he's alive, you have to save his life. Like, why wouldn't you? The Gemara says lo filu even if he is not going to, he's, he's mortally wounded anyway, that even, even if you save him, he'll only live a little bit. You might think for that, we're not Machal Shabbos, Kamash we are anyway. If we can preserve even a small amount of life, we do it. 
That's what the Shvas Yaakov says. He says he's, he, 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 he argues this point at length in, a, in another tshuva. So Chayisha is precious enough that we're Mechal Shabbos. So since Chayisha is so important, so we would think, we might think that, okay, so on, on the one hand you can say if it's Chayolam, if, the, if, the opera, if you're lucky and the operation is successful. On the other hand, you can, you can, you can also lose the Chayisha, which is also a terrible, terrible thing. So you might think, since Chayisha is so important and so valuable in Halacha, it has to be balanced against the possibility of saving his life permanently. And again, once we have two, uh, two value, two, once the stakes are so high on both sides, again, we should revert to the rule of Sheval Tasad. Says the Shavuz Yaakov, that might be what you would think, but that is not correct. He says, Ivra kashigirati al ha'iyun nira deshaper dami. If you consider the matter more carefully, then you will see, no, the correct answer is, we should do the procedure. He says it's true, because and, and, he, and he says what probably some of you are thinking, that of course the Chayisha is valuable, but Chayolam is even more valuable. So yes, Chayisha is valuable enough to Michal Shabbos. But when you have a chance at Chayolam, when you have a chance at permanent life, at indefinite life, that, that dwarfs the Chayolam. That's so much greater than Chayolam. So why should we do Sheval Tasad if Chayolam is so much more valuable than Chayisha? Even Chayisha is valuable. Even Chayisha is important to preserve in Michal Shabbos when, when that's the best you can do. But when, but when compared to Chayolam, to indefinite life, Chayolam is much more important. That's the point that Shavuz Yaakov makes. He says, it's true that Chayolam, that Chayisha is important. Hechad Chashash, the case of the Gosei, said that you might cause his, hasten his death. And if you're not doing it for any constructive reason, you're just doing it for, for without a good reason. That, of course, we're concerned for Chayisha. We call it Shafik Damim if you do it. Chashin Chayisha, that's true. But if, however, but if there's a chance of Chayolam, if there's a chance that you can preserve his life indefinitely, that is, is so much more significant than Chayisha, that overrides any concern for Chayisha. So it makes sense, it's plausible, but how does he know? It's near Nefashos. How does he have the right to make this assumption? And he brings a very interesting Raya from this, from this, for, this, for, this, for this principle from a Gemara in Avodazar. The context there is going to be a little hard for us to, uh, for us to assimilate. It's not the way we, we look at the world. But the Gemara in Avodazar is working with the assumption that a non-Jew, in general, you are not supposed to see a non-Jewish doctor, maybe a pagan doctor, you're not supposed to see a non-Jewish doctor, because there's a concern he will kill you, deliberately kill you. So in general, you should not see a non-Jewish doctor. We obviously don't follow this halacha. We see non-Jewish doctors all the time. But the Gemara says that you should not see a, you should not see a Gentile doctor. So the Gemara says that's true if he is, if, if without the Gentile doctor, the person has a chance of surviving on his own without medical treatment, assuming there's no Jewish doctor. That the person may make it without, without seeing the Gentile doctor, better not to see him because there's a good chance he'll kill you. However, if the person's going to die anyway, if the person is terminal and if he doesn't see a physician, he's dead, he's bleeding out, I mean, he's, he's, he's not going to make it if you don't see a doctor, there's nothing else we can do for him, then you should see the Gentile doctor. What do you have to lose? Maybe the Gentile won't kill him, it's possible. And without, without the doctor, he's certainly dead. So then the Gemara says, you should see the Gentile doctor. So the Gemara says, really, is that true? Even if he's going to die without seeing the Gentile doctor, Ha'ika Ha'isha? But he'll live a few hours, and the, and the non-Jew may, the non-Jew will likely or will possibly kill him immediately as soon as he goes on the operating table. So the Gemara says, "Lachayesha lo chashina." 
We're not concerned about Chayesha. We set it aside to seek treatment. Tosa says, what do you mean Chayesha lo Cheshinan? We just said you're Machal Shabbos for Chayesha. The Gemara in Yoma says, we're Machal Shabbos for, for Chayesha. What do you mean lo Cheshinan? Tosa says, yeah, the point is, we, it, it's a balance. We always have to do what's in the best interest of the patient. If it's Chayesha or nothing, or, or die right now, of course, we're Machal Shabbos for Chayesha. But if it's Chayesha opposed to the possibility that he may survive indefinitely, the Gentile may actually treat him professionally and save his life, then, it's chayisha. then if you do nothing, he has chayisha, he'll die in a few hours. He'll bleed out. If you treat him, maybe the guy will kill him. Maybe he'll save his life. So again, chayolam versus chayisha, that we, we take the risk, we, throw, we roll the dice, we, 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 we hope for chayolam, even though we may be sacrificing chayisha. Says the... The Gemara makes an interesting point. How do we know this? How do we derive this principle? Chayisha lo chayshinan in this context... We know it from a story in Malachim. We read as one of the Haftarahs, the, the Haftarah of the, the Arba Mitzarayim. It says there were four Mitzarayim who were outside the camp. There was a siege by Aram. There was no food. People in the city were dying of starvation. The Mitzarayim who were outside the city, the lepers, were certainly in trouble. They, they were going to die of starvation. So they, they said to themselves, they made a very cold calculus. They said, what should we do? Should we go into the city? Harav Be'er. This famine will die there. And if we... Uh, if we stay here, we're also going to die. So what we can do is, let's, let's, uh, let's surrender to the Machne Aram. If they, they might kill us, they might just execute us uh, as the enemy, and then we die immediately. Or they might save our lives, they might treat us as prisoners. So they were saying that if they stay where they are, they'll have Chayesha, they'll have another few hours to live before they starve to death, and the Machne Aram might kill them immediately. You see that, for, that you, you, can, you can gamble Chayesha, you can, you can potentially throw away Chayesha as a gamble in the hope of achieving Chayesha. As it turns out, the, their bet paid off spectacularly. They found that Hashem had made a great nace and scared away the Machne Aram, and they found piles and piles of food and valuables. But the, the, the Gemara learns from here this principle that even when there's a very real chance that the action you take may result in your death, somebody may kill you, nevertheless, if there's also a chance that it'll save your life, it's worth it, even if you're sacrificing Chayesha, the Gemara says, says the Shavos Yaakov, this is exactly our case, this is exactly our situation, that the, if, if nothing is done, the patient will die in short order. If we treat him, we may kill him, we may save his life. Therefore, the, the, the Shavos Yaakov concludes that the, that the, the Shavos Yaakov concludes that, the, that it is worth doing that uh, he says he says that this is the rule, that, that if there's a chance that the rule, even though the Rafua might kill him, but if, if there's a chance it'll preserve his Chai Olam, we do it. This doctrine is clearly emerges, he says, from the Gemara of Odezara. And it, uh, it seems to be a pretty good Raya. Maybe that's why all the posts can accept his position. Mikal Makom, he ends with uh, words of caution, with just common sense caution. He says, Ein lasis arofe kipshuto, the physician shouldn't just go and do whatever he feels like at first uh, glance and say, okay, this is worth it, we're doing the gamble. He should be very deliberate, very careful. He should consult the experts in the city before just deciding on his own to take such a risky course of action. And he should follow the, the majority of the medical opinion. And it shouldn't just be a simple majority. If, if you ask, if you ask your seven doctors and you get four or three, that's not enough. It should be, uh, it should be, 
true kefel, rov minker means two to one, a ratio of two to one, it should be or in favor of this course of action. You have to worry about people who are uh, not competent and are, are not taking the matter, uh, not giving the matter due deliberation. Alkein, Yaskalpi, Rov Deus Arofim, if Rov Deus Arofim recommend this, that's his position. That if this is the fact, if, 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 if as far as we can ascertain, after carefully, after carefully considering the case and consulting the, the, the best experts available, we conclude that this is what it reduces to, there's a chance he, we may kill him, there's a chance he may survive. Again, he doesn't quantify the probabilities, but he says if this is the, the clear, if, if this, if this, uh, if this, if this explanation of the chances, if this, if, if this uh, interpretation of the situation is agreed upon by a strong majority of doctors, then now we have to decide what to do. Then the halacha is, says the Shvas Yaakov, we do it, we, we, we do the treatment, even though it may kill him, it's worth it because he has a chance at Chai Olam, and that's what we do. As I said, this position of the Shvas Yaakov is generally accepted by other poskim, We'll take a look now at some of the subsequent poskim who, as I said, who mostly take the same position. The, we'll take a look at a tshuva, we'll jump to a tshuva of the Malamid Lahoel. The Malamid Lahoel is from David Tzvi Hafman, one of the Gedolei Hadar, the, 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 the Gadol Hadar in Germany, about a century, a century and a half ago. She'ela, Ichiyuv al-Harofe lasos chituch is a physician obligated, according to the Torah, to perform an operation. In case you don't know what chituch l'refua, a cut for a therapeutic cut, he gives you the German translation, aparation. He introduces another major complicating factor, which he's going to actually dismiss as not being particularly relevant, but potentially a complicating factor. What if the parents do not grant their consent? It's a child, and the parents of the child do not agree to this treatment. This question can be divided into two parts, uh, two, two variations. If the physician is convinced that it will be successful, that this is, the, that this is going to work. If the, if the physician is not sure if it will work, he knows there's a chance it won't work. Without an operation, he's convinced he'll die. With an operation, may or may not work, may actually kill him, but the, his chances are better with the operation than without it. That's the question of the Lamed Lahoel. Tshuva. Hine. Yishari lidcha safechai shabne safechai olam. Can we gamble, can we potentially sacrifice chayesha in the hope of achieving chay olam? This is the case of the Shavas Yaakov. And then he brings another source to say for Arches Chaim. Umayate, he says, that is the first part of the discussion. Is the operation permitted in general, even if it's only, you know, in, 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 in Aleph he said the Rofi thinks it'll work, in Bayes he said he's not sure it'll work. Says Ishmael Yaakov, it is the right thing to do, assuming you've satisfied yourself, you've consulted experts, assuming that you believe this is the, that this is the best chance, this is the best we can do, this is the best option. Says the says the Malamid Lahoel, we have the Shavas Yaakov, who says this is the, that, that it should be done. Umayata, so now what about the parents, what about informed consent, what about, uh, what about all that? Kivan Deshari Lasis Aparation Kazu, since such an operation is permitted, Imkain Bavadai Das Aviv Lomarit. We simply do not care what the parents 
want. They are simply not relevant. This is an area where halacha diverges from modern medical ethics. This is a topic maybe for another night, but modern medical ethics places a very, very high premium on emphasis on patient autonomy. That the, again, when, when parents is even more complicated if the, if, if the medical establishment thinks it's the best interest of the child, parents don't agree. Do we override them? There are cases where the medical staff does override the parents. But the Lamawi the, Lahol is making two points here. He says, we don't care what the parents say, we don't care what the patient says, he seems to be saying. The halacha is, a patient cannot refuse treatment. The, that he says in a, a, a physician has an obligation to, to provide treatment. If he withholds, if he declines to provide treatment, he's considered a murderer, uh, a passive murderer. No one in the Torah do we find Again, he's not, he's not discussing what I said about a patient himself turning down treatment. He's, he's, he's not getting into that, but he's saying certainly parents have absolutely no right to withhold life-saving treatment from their children, to, to put their, their children in danger. Post-com, modern posts can discuss this in the context of vaccines or other types of treatments where parents don't want their child to get a certain treatment. But says the Malamid Lahoel, the rule in halacha is simple and black and white. Parents have no... Again, vaccines are not the same thing as a child whose life is in imminent danger. Obviously, that's a difference. But the, at least in a case where the child is in imminent danger and the parents want to refuse treatment, parents have no right to do that. The physicians have an obligation to treat the child. Again, whether the patient himself can refuse treatment is a different question. Uh, even that, I think, post generally do not accept that patients can refuse treatment. But, the, but the, certainly refusing treatment for a child, he says, they have no right to do that. They have no right to, 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 to block the rofe from doing his mitzvah, his, his halachic obligation. And therefore, the, the physician should provide the treatment, even if it's a, a chance of killing the child. Even if the parents say, we can't lose him, we'd rather, have, we'd rather have him left alone for another two weeks and then die peacefully than, than have you kill him on the operating table, says in Lamed Lahoel, that is not the perspective of the halacha. Since Alpi halacha, this treatment, the Shavis Yaakov says, is the right thing to do. Therefore, it's a matter of life and death, and halacha says it's the right thing to do. The parents' preferences are irrelevant. You do it even, regardless of what the parents say. He ends with one caveat. He says, Zehu din Torah, this is what the halacha would be in and of itself. I don't know the law, he says. I don't know German law, wherever the question came from. I don't know what the law would say, whether the parents have a right to refuse treatment on behalf of the child. When I was uh, preparing the share, I, uh, I'm sure there are a lot of cases like this, but I came across a, a, a case in Israel, the, a couple of cases in Israel, where there was a child who had some kind of cancer, and the initial treatments had uh, apparently gotten rid of the cancer, but the, but the doctors recommended chemotherapy and radiation to make sure that they got all of it and it's not going to come back. Parents didn't want that. They said, leave the kid alone. It's gone. It's, we, we, we're, we're, we're confident it's not going to come back. Parents refused. And, the, and the, 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 went to court and the court overrode the parents. The court says, if the doctors think the kid needs it, then you provide it. Parents say, no, that's too bad on them, I think. The, which is basically what the Muhammad Lahoel is saying. If the, if the medical opinion is clear, again, what to do if there are disagreements among the medical profession, that's a more complicated question. But if the medical position is clear that as a matter of life and death, treatment is called for, even if it potentially will kill the patient, even if there's a real risk that it'll kill him on the operating table, A, we already saw on the Shvaz that is the right thing to do, and B, 
the, the Muhammad Lahoel adds, the parent's opinion does not matter. If you have such a case, according to Allah, that's what you do. He doesn't know the law. He doesn't say what, he, he also doesn't say how much weight he would give the law. If the law was against in Torah, would he really, it's, it's literally a matter of, uh, of, of nefashus. would he really defer to the law against in Torah? I'm not sure. But he says he doesn't know the law, but Al-Pi Allah, he says, Zehu din Torah, you do the procedure, parent's opinion is not relevant, doesn't discuss what the patient's own opinion would be, but again, that's another question. Nachiezer, Rav Chaim Lozer Kudzensky, also the same question. Bidvar HaSheela, Ashashal, Malos Kvot Teraso, Chola, we have a person who's ill. Varofim Hamomchim Omrim, Kibaloa Paratsion, Layachia Yoster, Mishisha Chadashim. In his case, unlike the Shvasiakov's case where he only had a day or two, in his case, he had six months. That he won't live more than six months. It's possible he has as long as six months. You do the operation, you may cure him, but it's also very dangerous. It's Masukan Maod. Again, he doesn't quantify exactly, but he says it's very dangerous. Masukan Maod. The Karov Yoser Shiyamas Mehera. In his case, he says the relative likelihood of success was apparently less than 50%. It was more likely that he'll die than that he'll live. So he, to A, he had six months potentially of Chayesha, and B, the operation has a greater chance of failure than success. Should you do the operation? Says the Achiezer, the Gemara says going to a Gentile physician is a chance I'll kill him. It's worth it because we're willing to gamble, the chay- if it's a case of Chayesha, we're willing to gamble away the Chayesha, hoping that we can win Chayola. So he brings it, he was Mechavin to the Shvaz Yaakov, and then he says, Shuvri, he sees Shekedah B'Shvaz Yaakov. Then he saw the Shvaz Yaakov. Then he brings several other poskim as well, the Gilion Marsha, the Binyan Tzion, which maybe we'll get to soon, to Pharisee Yisrael. Furthermore, he says, V'asvara Pshuta, De'ein Chilok, Be'ein Chayesha, L'zman Mu'at, Shal Yom Yamayim, O'ezachadashim, even though the Shvaz Yaakov was talking about Chayesha of only one or two days, we're not sacrificing that much time, it's at most one and two days anyway. The Gemara doesn't define exactly what it means by Chayesha. And the Achiezer's case, it was potentially six months. Says the Achiezer, it is pushered and Svara, it doesn't matter. Even six months is called Chayesha. Even six months is worth sacrificing for a chance at Chayolam. And therefore, we, we do it. Then he gets into a discussion of whether it matters if the physician is a Jew or a non-Jew. We're not going to get involved in that discussion in detail. His conclusion is, he says, whether it's a Jew or a non-Jew, his maskana is, certainly, as the Shvaz Yaakov said, we should consult the, the greatest experts we can find in such a serious case. According to his rabbinic correspondent, Shigidoli Harofim Bekenigsberg, the, the, the best doctors in Kenigsburg, they were unanimous. The, the, the expert physicians in, Kenig, in Kenigsburg agreed that this is the recommended course of action with no, with no dissent. They all agreed. It is necessary to rely on them. And therefore, even though, again, even though he says the operation was quite dangerous, it was, it, the, the chance of failure was greater than the chance of success. Nevertheless, if this is his best shot, and this is a chance to save his life, we do it, even though it is more likely than not, apparently, that he will die, on the, die, die immediately from the operation itself. Okay, that's the Achiezer. Now, the Achiezer mentions the Binyan The Binyan is of Yaakov Etlinger, one of the great postkim from the 19th century. His case was, also in the handout, Masukan Shinot Lamus, someone is seriously ill, and he's uh, heading toward death. 
Kfarnis Yashu Merifuaso. In general, physicians have given up hope. There's nothing left to do. Rofe Mumcha, there's one expert doctor, wrote to Rafua. He has a treatment for him. Aide Hakaza, bloodletting, Omerchat, some kind of bathing. Uchidome. It may save his life. If it fails, not only won't, not only won't it save his life, the exact same question, he'll die immediately. Yoser, he'll die sooner, sooner than he would die if we simply left him alone and didn't do anything. Can we allow this treatment by Jew or non-Jew? And he actually does potent- consider a potential distinction, again, like Nachiezer does, between Jew and non-Jew. He treats the two cases separately. We're not going to get into his analysis, but the, again, but his conclusion is, he begins by saying, Nachri, it's certainly mutter. If a non-Jew does the treatment, it's certainly mutter. Ubiyoser, and, and, and furthermore, he adds, even Aidei Yisrael Osin, he thinks that it is mutter, even Aidei Yisrael, he goes back and forth, but he says, for, for, on, on various grounds, for a variety of reasons, it is permitted to do this treatment, even to have it performed by a Jewish doctor. That is his opinion as well, like the Shavuz Yaakov. So, so far we have the Shavuz Yaakov, we have the Malamed Lahoel, we have the Achiezer, we have the Binyan Sion, we have one dissenting view, or partially dissenting view, and that is the that is a tshuva of the Avnei Tzedek. Tshuva Avnei Tzedek. That is Rav Yisrael Teitelbaum. He is the he is he he is the I think I think one one of the forerunners of the of, of Satmer. Let's look him up to to verify that he is the he was he was one of the great postkim in the he was one. He was one of the great postkim in the in Siget, in the in, in also in the nineteenth century. He was the yeah he was the author of various farim. The, he, he's known as the Yate of Lev after 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 his kedushim after his his Torah on on Chumash. But he was also the he was also a great posik. He was also a he, he was also a great posik, and, and his chuvas are called Avnei Tzedek. Um, I'm not I said Satmar. I'm, I'm I'm not sure I. I'm not sure if, we, if he was a forerunner of Satmar. I think he was. I'm not certain about that. But in any event, he was the he was one of, he, he he was one of the great postkim. Uh, yeah, it it was the he was the he was the he he was the ancestor of, of one of the of, of one of the Satmar rebbe's of Rebbe Kostil Yehuda Teitelbaum. The contemporary figure is the. This was his uh, great great grandfather, the the eighth of Leif. So the in his tshuva Avnei Tzedek he says a woman. His case was a woman is pregnant in her sixth month, Chodesh Ashishi, and for two months already. She's been bedridden, holy afterung. Not sure what that is, but it sounds unpleasant. They've written her off as dead. She's, that, that her condition is uh, is hopeless. Three non-Jewish doctors have had a had a conference. and they 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 came up with a plan. The Amru, abortion. They recommended abortion. That if they give her a medical abortion, we can give her certain medications, and that will abort the fetus. 
Yesh tikva. Then there's a, there's hope. Shetuchal lichias od man zmanim tuva. We can prolong her life for a long time. Achim chalila loyetz lichu bezeh. But if this abortion fails, the complications can actually kill her immediately. Yuchalia shechas v'shalom Thomas meheira in mutter lasis kach. So again, structurally a very similar shaila to that of the to that of the Shvaz Yaakov. We have a treatment, a medical treatment that if the, the woman, if the, the, the patient is dangerously ill and it's expected to die soon if we don't treat, we have a treatment that may save her life. It also may kill her immediately. This question, of course, is complicated, is additionally complicated by the fact that we're dealing with abortion. Abortion is a serious matter, always a serious matter. We know that we do abortions to save the mother's life, but that, that's obviously another question that has to be carefully considered in this tshuva. So his tshuva has two parts. The, the longer part of the tshuva deals with abortion. The smaller part of the tshuva deals with the second question, our question, which is, do we permit, do we, does halacha condone a, a therapy which may kill the patient immediately, but may uh, save his life? For double or nothing, for, can, can we gamble, again, the same question going back to the Shavuz Yaakov, can we gamble away the chayisha for the hope of achieving chayol? So we're not going to get into the abortion part of the tshuva, but he says, regarding the second question, can we endanger her life? That she could live for some period of time if we do nothing, but we're going to be potentially throwing away what little life she has left. If we, uh, if, if, if we do this treatment and, and we abort the fetus, if, if the abortion has complications, uh, that can kill her immediately. Like all the poskim, he acknowledges this question was first discussed in the Shavuz Yaakov. The Shavuz Yaakov is, as we said, the dominant paradigm for this question, and he says, therefore, there is basis for leniency. However, this is the theoretical halacha, but he is not willing to actually rule this way. Because, the, first of all, in terms of the abortion question, it's not so simple. He says, V'chein ha-shvaz Yaakov m'sayim. V'shvaz Yaakov, dealing with the second question, can we gamble Chayesha for the sake of, of, of winning Chaye Olam? V'shvaz Yaakov says, Tzorach liyos masim b'dabra. We have to be very patient, very careful. Imrof and mumchen. We have to consult important doctors, uh, expert doctors. V'anochi tolas v'loish. I am not such a great chacham. I don't have such broad shoulders. Ma Omer How can I possibly rule on Dinah Nefashus? Therefore, since this is something that requires great care and great, uh, it's a bold and, uh, and, and serious, serious matter, it, it, takes, it requires bold action and confidence, and therefore, to do this. Do not believe the physician that say that I've given up on her without this procedure, she'll certainly die. Salvation is God's. Hashem can send his uh, aid from his holiness, can send, can send aid. May Hashem give her a foolish I don't understand this position at all. It's true that uh, it's true that you have to be very careful about this, but there's no safe position. It's not. It's not like being Shevel Tas is gonna is gonna is the safer course. You're you're throwing away Chayesha. I mean, you're you're. There's no you know. The, 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 you can't just be Machmer here. There's no way to say that I'm not sure. So I'll take the safe course. There is no safe course. If you do nothing, that's also a decision. The, the decision is that you're throwing away 
possibly the chance to, uh, to save her life uh, and she can live many years. So I don't understand. The, the, I don't, at the end of the day, the Shavos Yaakov says, if you don't know, we don't say Sheva Al-Tasad, if we say that gamble, uh, that the risk of the Chayesha for the Chayolam. So he's not sure. He's not a big Talmud Chacham. He's not, he's not an Ish. He's only a Talas. But, I mean, doing nothing is also taking a position. You're, you're condemning her to death. So I don't understand his logic. If, if the Shavos Yaakov says that if we don't know, we say, go for the Chai Olam. So if you don't know, because you're a Talas fellow Ish, you should also go for the Chai Olam. So I don't really understand this position. We should note that this is the 19th century we're talking about, where medicine was in a horrible place until relatively recently, medicine, certainly surgeries and things like that, often did cause more harm than, they, uh, than, than, they, than, the good, than, than good, and medical understanding was so primitive, and so, I, I don't know what doctors he was talking about, big city doctors, uh, provincial doctors, village doctors, I'm not sure what he was talking about, but it, it is quite likely true that, that medicine in the 19th century was doing more harm than good. Whether he would say that today, when we have, where, where medicine has become a science, where medicine is, is unspeakably more advanced than it was 150 years ago, I'm not sure. But anyway, this is, the, this is basically the, the contours of the sugya. There, there are many more posts who discuss this. These are the ones I had time to prepare. So we see the, this question was, again, just to summarize, we've, we've said all this before, but just to reiterate one last time, the Shvasyakov was the first one to discuss this question. He says, that on the, he says very simply, very straightforwardly, on the one hand, it is true that Chayesha is really important. You can mechal Shabbos for Chayesha. Preserving even temporary life is extremely valuable. On the other hand, when said against Chayolam, he brings a riot from a Gemara Nefotazara, but when said against Chayolam, Chayolam is much more important. Therefore, even though, even though normally we have a heuristic, if you don't know what to do, we say Sheval Tasa Adif, here the choice is clear. Chayolam is simply a much, greater, a much greater thing than Chayesha, and therefore, even though it involves an action, we risk, we gamble the Chayesha for, for a chance at Chayolam. His position is generally accepted by all the later poskim, all the ones we've seen, the Achiezer, the Malamid Lahoel, the Binyan Sion, the, the, that, that, that everyone has pretty much accepted his ruling. The one holdout is the Avnei Tzedek. The Avnei Tzedek, in principle, accepts, he's not cholik on the Shavos Yaakov, in principle he accepts the Shavos Yaakov that under ideal conditions where you have confidence in your in the, in the choice that, that you're getting the correct information as best as we can, you do it. But nevertheless, the, nevertheless, the Abnei Tzedek says, which I, I, don't fully, I don't really understand, but Abnei Tzedek says he doesn't have confidence in the doctors, he doesn't have confidence in himself, and therefore he can't bring himself to actually authorize this procedure which may kill the patient. He thinks that uh, as a matter, of, as, as a matter of, uh, of conservatism and halakhic prudence, he thinks that he's going to recommend against the operation. Again, I don't really understand the logic, but even he, in principle, agrees to the Shavos Yaakov that if you were confident that these were the choices that you had, then that is what you would do. I'll just close by making one additional point. The the, the Shavos Yaakov came to my attention, it's a a famous Jew, but it came to my attention the last two years, a couple of times, in the context of malpractice. Halacha has a body of laws governing malpractice. If a physician commits malpractice, there are rules governing when he's liable and when not, just as there are in, in American law, there are laws in halacha as well. So the halacha is that if a, that if a, if a, if a physician is treating somebody and, he di- and the patient dies, the patient is injured, in certain cases there's a presumption of fault and the physician is liable. 
Poskim say, Rav Zalman Nechemia Goldberg, and I believe Rosh Hashanah Orbach, they say, that's only if there's some way to pin the fault on the doctor. But if the doctor took a calculated risk, the doctor knew going in the patient might die. But he made this calculation, he might die, but he also might save his life, and otherwise he's terminal anyway. And he, and he, he rolled the dice, and he lost, and the patient died. So Rav Zalman Nechemia says, there is no liability for malpractice. Because that's what you're supposed to do, he says. We have the Shavuz Yaakov who says that a calculated risk is the correct course of action. Yes, you're supposed to roll the dice. It makes no sense, he says, to hold a physician liable for the dice coming up wrong, he says. That since this is the halacha, since if a physician who makes this decision is acting in accordance with halacha, because as we've seen, the postkin, this is the consensus of all the postkin, beginning with the Shavuz Yaakov, therefore... Since a physician is supposed to do that, it certainly doesn't make sense that he'll have any malpractice liability for not doing it, for, for doing it and losing. Of course, if he, if he was reckless, if, if, if he didn't get a proper diagnosis, if he, if he took an unnecessary risk against the medical consensus, that's a whole different story. But assuming he made the decision as recommended by the Shavuz Yaakov, he, 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 he rolled the dice, again, informed consent, you probably should tell the patient, but even the patient very likely is Mkhoyev to accept this. That's a separate question, which we're not going to get into tonight. But assuming that the, this was the correct course of action, of course the post can say we're not going to hold the physician liable. This is the right thing to do. The physician can only do his best. We pray to Hashem. Whenever we do any kind of medicine, any kind of therapy, we pray to Hashem that he should, that Hashem should make us better. But at the end of the day, sometimes in life, we don't have any uh, safe or any perfect course of action. Both, court, both, both, both con- contemplated courses of action have risk. And the halacha, the consensus is that we, according to the Shavuz Yaakov, that if both sides have risk, but on one side there's chayi olam and one side there's chayi we, we 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 go for the chayi olam, even even bekum even if that means that we may actually be killing the the patient bekum If since the goal is to preserve preserve chayi olam, even though we may be sacrificing chayi that's a worthy objective, and we do it, and again, and we. Uh, Obviously, we, we pray to Hashem and we hope that He will make us successful.